Hello and welcome to another episode of Prodigy Search Presents. I'm Mark Rush Jr., partner at Prodigy Search. Today, it is my sincere honor to welcome Megan Duggan. And while she needs no introduction, she is a three-time Olympic medalist, 2018 Olympic champion, which I think everybody should know about, right? I think everybody is, uh, should be pretty much brought up to speed on that one. Uh, seven-time world champion and uh, the captain of the women's national team, of course. But Megan, thank you so much for being here today. really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm very excited. Thank you for having me on. So I know this is new news, uh, relatively new news, but after an incredibly successful career, you recently made a decision to retire. Uh, congratulations, first and foremost. I hope most people are congratulating you on that decision. Not, not sadness, but congratulations. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of, uh, lot of outpouring of support and congratulations uh, coming in for sure. So you mentioned, I think, in, in a few different places where I read and seen um, you made it based on, on gut instinct. I'm sure there's more that went into it than gut instinct, but trusting how you felt, right? Trusting your decision. And you, it's probably been something I'm guessing as, as a you know, high-level athlete, obviously, that you have to do, you do have to trust your instinct. And, and so I'd love for you to talk about that, right? Um, not just in your decision to retire, but throughout your athletic career, trusting your feel, your gut instinct. Yeah. Um, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I'm a big believer in trusting my gut. Um, you know, I've always lived my professional and my, my personal life based on kind of what I feel in my heart and soul and in my mind. And, um, and certainly this was a, a huge decision for myself and my family um, and not a decision that I made lightly, but one that, you know, involved a lot of discussion um, with my wife and and what was important for us and, and where we were at right now and, and just how I felt, you know, I was really happy with um, my experience uh, as an athlete. I had a wonderful career with Team USA, been playing hockey a long time um, and uh, was just uh, felt ready and excited about what's next. And, and that is the exciting part is getting to figure out um, what I want to do next. And uh, there's a lot of different areas that I'd love to jump into um, and that I'm passionate about. And uh, right now it's just kind of not jumping into anything too quickly, um, enjoying, you know, my, my one month of retired life right now so far, um, enjoying some family time and then um, thinking about what that next step is. I think it's such a, a critical thing. This chance to, not that this was any um, more unique time to do it in this year and during these months, but taking the, the time to truly just digest and relax and take it all in rather than jumping at the first thing comes your way. So good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've often talked about and people have pointed out your leadership. So no sense in being around the bush. Let's talk about your leadership style and your philosophy. You've motivated and guided your peers, uh, plenty of others, youth up to your, up to your level. Um, and, and teammates at the highest level of competition, how have you led? And with, with kind of what mentality, right? I'm sure you've been shaped by various coaches and other leaders, people that have been captain when you were younger. Um, so how, you know, talk about your leadership style and, and approach. Yeah, one of the greatest things, um, you know, in reflecting on my retirement is, has been reflecting on my leadership and how it's evolved. Um, as a young kid in youth sports or in high school sports, I was, um, you know, thrusted into a lot of different leadership roles. I think mainly just because of my personality. Um, you know, I was outgoing and outspoken, and um, and not afraid to, you know, engage in discussion, um, whether it was, you know, um, a difficult one or or an easier one. And so, I think I, I started to develop 
a leadership style um, at a young age. And then it kind of continued to evolve over a lot of different experiences that I've had. And, um, you know, being a captain at, at higher levels in, in, in college at Wisconsin or with the US team, you know, at the world championships or at the Olympics, I've had um, many ups and downs, many challenges. My leadership style has grown and changed and evolved. And um, like I said, been challenged. And I think um, the one thing that I've, I guess, learned um, that I've had success with or um, have realized is, is really at the true core or importance of leadership um, is really just that, that honesty, that openness, that trust, fostering an environment amongst your teammates that um, you know, we are all kind of in this together, even though we do things different ways and just trusting in, um, you know, the actions of your teammates, um, trusting in, you know, um, each other and, and the greater goal of the group. Um, and as long as you, you have your teammates trust, you can be open and honest and you can communicate through difficult times as to why certain teammates are doing different things. Um, I think you're going to be able to lead, um, you know, in a successful way. Um, I've been challenged in that a lot along the way. I've learned a lot about myself and um, and managing different personalities and, and different teams. Um, but I think as a leader, fostering that um, that openness and that communication and trust and honesty um, is really, really important and, and crucial to the success of a group. It's fascinating, right? Whether it be your time in Wisconsin or any of the more recent years at the Olympic level, people come from different backgrounds and, and different they, different histories, playing and otherwise. And and so you're right; it's not the easiest to to you know navigate how to lead, um, and especially when when they are peers, right? When they're at your level, um, people that have different life and, and worldly experiences. So um, I think I love that you've adapted and evolved on those fronts. Absolutely. You know, you and I, um, I hope the, it's okay to share that we first started talking about board roles and, and, and serving on a, a board with the U.S. Center for Safe Sport and talking about the mission and goals of organizations like that. But you have, uh, you currently serve and you have in recent years served on a few different other boards and hold leadership positions on committees. Um, and two that, uh, that I wanted to talk about, if, um, if you're okay with it, is, is the board um, specifically focused on Women's Sports Foundation and the Player Inclusion Committee with the NHL, right? And two organizations that have lofty goals and have, you know, missions and, and again, ultimate, um, ultimate objectives that they want to try to achieve that I think would further uh, the advancement of, of a more diverse sport of hockey, right? And again, Women's Sports Foundation is more broad, I know, than just hockey. But can we talk about those two organizations in particular, the the Sports Foundation and then the Player Inclusion Committee in terms of you know, the messages and maybe the value organizations like these can bring? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I mean, it's an honor to be a part of, um, of such impactful and highly um, thought of organizations. Um, for me, the Women's Sports Foundation, um, I've been a part of for, you know, the last handful of years, and it's an absolute no-brainer. I mean, the Women's Sports Foundation mission is to support all women in all sports everywhere. And that has been at the cornerstone of, of my life um, since I was a young kid. My life as a young girl was transformed through sport. Um, and even as a woman now, my life will continue to be intersected with sport. 
um, I, I am who I am and I, I developed certain personality traits. Um, you know, I was introduced to people and went certain places because of sport. So I'm very passionate about, um, you know, girls and women in sport and making sure that everyone has equal access. And so that partnership um, kind of, you know, in that marriage is, is an absolute no brainer. And I love the work that they do. I love being a part of um, the different events and um, engaging with young girls in sport whenever I can. Um, and that's, you know, I, I look forward to, to years of work with them because it's so near and dear to my heart. Um, the NHL player inclusion committee is uh, a new committee that again, super honored um, and excited to be a part of. Uh, we just recently had, you know, our, our, our kickoff meeting within the last couple of weeks, and um, it is a, a passionate, driven, focused group that is really looking um, to make hockey, the sport of hockey, men's, women's, um, you know, in this country, everywhere, uh, a more inclusive and diverse sport uh, that is welcoming to all sorts of um, communities in underrepresented groups. And that is um, as well, everything that I stand for and that I'm excited about. So eager to continue to get to work with that group um, as well as the Women's Sports Foundation. And your work with both of those, you know, I think certainly can have its, its tie-ins to your playing days, right? On the professional hockey side, across the various leagues you played for and, and the fights with players on the player associations, side, the, the fights you've had for equality and opportunity. Um, and, and in terms of the, the status and the state of some of those uh, professional hockey leagues, you know, I'd love for you to talk about the fight, right? With, with you know, living wages and, and again, more uh, opportunity. Think about along the lines of Title IX, but Title IX applied here in this case to the, to the various leagues that you played in. Um, and, and hopefully they success, they succeed and, and thrive in the long term. But with that comes supporting those athletes and those players. And, and so can you talk about the fight for not just living wages and livable wages, but certain certainly other um, resources and tools for the players um, as they want this to be a career for them. But clearly there's an imbalance. Yeah, certainly on the, the women's professional hockey um, side, the the fight for, you know, a livable wage um, and equity in, in support and resources, um, you know, in marketing and PR and promotion, uh, that fight continues. And um, it's something that we've we've made a lot of progress in those areas, certainly with our, our U.S. Women's National Team uh, taking a stand in, in 2017 and uh, the formation of the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association um, as of lately in the last couple of years. And there's a lot, a lot of women um, you know, a lot of strong male allies that are, are working uh, to continue to, um, to, to move the needle um, in all of those areas and to push, push women's hockey forward. I think, um, you know, like I said, we've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. So I'm certainly committed to lending my voice, lending my action, even though I'm not playing anymore, um, being a part of um, any, you know, organization or group um, that I can in order to continue to advance not only women in hockey, obviously that's my specific uh, niche, but um, you know, women in, in other sports as well, women in other industries. And um, you know, it's an uphill battle, I think in a, in a lot of different sports and a lot of different industries, but certainly up for the task. You do need, uh, you said something earlier, I love it. Um, you do need your male allies though, right? You need them to, to support and to aid and, and to help where they can. And, and, uh, and get out of the way, by the way, in other cases where they need to get out of the way, but it's great to have them as allies, as they should be. Yeah, that's a, it's a huge component. And, um, you know, there are a lot of strong male allies in the women's sports space that I know that, uh, you know, we're thankful for their allyship and, uh, and, and eager to continue working. 
So we talked about leadership earlier, and as, as a group here that does a lot in recruiting, um, leadership comes up quite a bit, but so does culture. And, and that's always a tricky word, and it's a loaded word, obviously. Um, but a, a, a teammate of yours um, said that, a longtime teammate of yours said that, um, that you help grow the culture of women's hockey in this country. And that can't be understated, by the way. That's a, that's a big quote, and that's a big phrase. What does that mean to you that, that, that you were the, you know, one of, if not, you know, one of the key pioneers in growing the culture of women's hockey in this country? What, what does that mean about um, maybe the change of culture, perhaps, that, that needed or was overdue? Yeah, it just, I mean, that fills me with pride. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of experiences and opportunities that I, I've had that I'm, I'm very thankful for um, and have been exciting, you know, standing on podiums and winning medals and celebrating with, with teammates. But um, you know, one of the, the biggest things that um, I'm proud of our, our team for is entering into difficult discussions and pushing on the boundaries of, of where women's hockey and women's sports can go um, in order to, to change the game and leave it better than when we entered it. Um, and I can definitely say that, you know, being a five-year-old kid, um, you know, and, and never seeing women or girls play hockey, always being surrounded by the boys, never seeing an elite woman play hockey until I was much older, um, you know, 25 plus years later uh, to see where the game is and how our team has kind of advocated for, and like I said, continued to push the boundaries of women's sports. I'm incredibly proud of that. Um, it's certainly been a group effort. And uh, that's one of the best things about hockey, I think, is the team aspect of it. But I'm so, you know, like I said, filled with pride to know that our team has not only um, succeeded and pushed the sport further on the ice, uh, but off the ice as well. And do you look towards, I'm curious, do you look towards maybe what's going on in women's soccer or the WNBA in, in recent years, recent months, perhaps, um, but also recent years, and the impact that they've had. Do you, do you look at them? I'm sure you've clearly crossed paths with many of them and, and probably many of them are friends as well, but in terms of the, the impact they're trying to have beyond just their sport, right? Whether it be the wages, whether it be a number of different topics we've already covered today. But I, again, those two sports just came to mind off the bat, but do you look towards women's soccer and, and maybe the W as, uh, as areas where they've had success as well and, and both have pride, but also, hey, I wish, I wish we had that in women's hockey as well in terms of the success they've had in, in making change, advocating for change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I think about those two specific, um, you know, women's organizations that you mentioned, women's soccer and the WNBA, I mean, just, I just think leadership in so many areas. I mean, the women's soccer, um, how they continue to fight for gender equality in their sport is unmatched. I think how um, the WNBA continues to fight for tons of, you know, social justice issues, um, you know, civil rights issues. Uh, that that is unmatched, and it's um, it's exciting and empowering to support those women, to learn from them, to be able to apply things that they're doing into hockey or other industries. Um, I think you know those women. People should be looking at those women. Um, you know, people from everywhere should be looking at those women to to see what leadership looks like um, in many difficult areas. Um, it's, it's really amazing, um, and hopefully this has been a nice, uh, an opportunity for those to be at the, the forefront, right? You, it's better exposure on, in the media, uh, more exposure on, on digital platforms, et cetera, but they've really been out there, right? The, the, the good news is you're able to 
uh, you know, it's not hard to find those games anymore, right? And therefore, you know, they, they should be getting the support, especially when you can't go there in person uh, nowadays that you can still give them the support, you know, over the deep, over TV and virtually, and then obviously buy their product and everything that goes along with that to, to show actually long-term sustained support of that, of that support. So hopefully that continues. Yeah. Um, so we can't we can't uh, ignore the the family component of this, right? And I know you talked about it. So um, this has been you know something that's very important to you. You gave birth to your son George early this year, uh, February 29th of all dates, um, <laughs> which is just funny on many levels. Um, but in 2020, nothing's a shock anymore. So um, how are you balancing? That? How are you balancing uh, all the obligations uh, that you have and uh, along with being being a mom, you're still very involved in a lot of different things. But how are you balancing the family side of things? Yeah, it's crazy. It's definitely a juggle. Um, and yeah, it's it, like you said, it's pretty fitting for 2020 to have him born on the leap year. I, when I found out my due date uh, was late February, I thought, oh my gosh, this kid's going to be born on February 29th. I just know it. Um, and you wait nine months and up oh, there, there it was that day. So um, yeah, it's, it's been, um, it, it's, it's so, it's wonderful. First of all, it's, I don't even remember what my life was like before. Um, it is, it's so special and empowering and, um, the greatest thing I've ever done, uh, is to not only carry and give birth, um, but be a parent. And it's, uh, it's, it's changed my life and, and my wife's life in, in ways that I, I can't even begin to explain. So, I think obviously with the how everything um, in the world has been going and you know the pandemic and the shutdown it's it's certainly been difficult you know we've been doing a lot of juggling in home um, without help just not feeling safe or comfortable having people in the home so um, the juggle is very real um, you know passing him back and forth between meetings uh, he's a little bit older now so you know his schedule is a little bit more predictable but still he's an eight-month-old kid so uh, he kind of rules the roost at times but it's, uh, I think the, the, the one thing that's been so important um, is in these last, you know, eight, eight months since George has been alive is just recognizing, um, you know, how, how important it is for me to speak out and um, to engage in issues around parenting and motherhood and still in this country, how difficult that, that can be, um, you know, and how moms are juggling or parents are juggling kids and work and, um, you know, all the stigmas around that. And uh, so that's been something I've been learning a lot about and really want to be an advocate for um, because parenting is the greatest thing I've ever done, but it's difficult. And um, a lot of parents I, I know would agree. So um, it's changed our lives in, in such a fantastic way. And um, it's been amazing to watch him grow and change. And, um, you know, they change every day at this age. So it's, uh, it's, it's a really fun time. And we've certainly got a lot of quality family time, the three of us uh, in the house over these last couple months. I'm glad to hear you talk about parenting and that balancing act. And, and again, it's, it's perhaps, and I could, I could say this, but it's perhaps more so um, on the working moms, really in our industry, right? Whether you're a professional athlete and, and you're, you're trying to compete or you just work in the sports industry in general and you're trying to balance out the, the days, the hours, the games, and, and then obviously still being a, a mom. Uh, and clearly not to you know, dismiss the dads, but, but it's, a, it's a major thing that I think we're getting better at, but there's still plenty of work to be done for sure, so. Definitely, definitely. Uh, there's room for growth there for sure. So you mentioned when you were younger uh, and, and not having 
Um, again, a, a ton of folks to look up to, although you did, uh, you mentioned, you're, I think you said when you were five, right? So I always like asking the question when you were younger, right? If you had to give kind of a piece of advice to yourself when you were younger, well, again, not that young, but certainly maybe high school years or the college years, um, and, and you wanted to address the hardships, right? You wanted to address the things that you've talked about, you've been asked about many times. What advice would you give your younger self about some of those things that you would face as an adult, as an adult athlete? I think the biggest thing that I've learned um, and that I try to talk to, to kids about and especially, you know, young boys and girls in hockey is that hockey is a game of mistakes like life, right? None of us are perfect. Um, I, I admittedly very type A, um, very strong personality and have tried to be perfect in a lot of areas and obviously realized as I've kind of matured in my life through sport and leadership, um, you know, in my personal life is that you can't be perfect. Um, and that certainly is the case, like I said, in sports and out. So I encourage kids to one, you have to have fun with it. You, you have to love what you do. You have to be excited to go to the rink every day or the field or, or whatever you're doing. Um, and just know that you're going to make mistakes and that's fine. Um, and the biggest thing that I've learned is, you know, how do you grow from those mistakes, right? Being someone that, um, quote unquote, failed twice of, of achieving my ultimate goal of winning a gold medal in the 2010 and the 2014 Olympics and having been the captain of that 2014 team. I mean, I beat myself up like crazy um, after not being able to lead our team to the gold medal in 2014. It was a really difficult time for me. But what I learned is, yes, that was that was a failure in my life. That was a mistake. That was a bump in the road. Um, but how our team kind of pivoted and grew from that and how we transformed and changed um, you know, said a lot about our group and, and that's what it's about. So can't be perfect all the time. Um, you know, you're going to fall on your face, going to make mistakes, but how do you learn from it? How do you pivot and transform and grow into something else? I think is very important. Learning from silver, silver medals. Huh? That's a difficult <laughs> thing to learn. Two of them. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I think it's the loaded question and maybe a lot of people are, are curious about it. Maybe you don't have an answer for it either today, but what's, what's next? We're, we're <laughs> Where do you go from here? When, when the time where I'm sure, and I'm sure it'll come, right? Where uh, aside from the, the family, retirement will become boredom, right? And then you'll go, well, what's next, right? And you're already involved in a lot of things. Um, but when, when do you think you'll move away from, you know, I'm retired to what, what's next? Yeah, um, definitely, you know, the loaded, if not the million dollar question in my life right now that I've been getting a lot, as you can imagine, and, um, but also exciting to talk about. I mean, I made this decision to step away from being a player, obviously, for, for a variety of reasons and that it felt right. And, and I'm excited about what's next. Um, some of the best advice that I've received in these last couple of weeks, just from some idols and mentors is, um, is one, you know, don't, you don't have to jump into anything right away. Um, you have a lot to offer and, and think through and, and figure out what you want to do next. So definitely taking that advice. Um, but I think outside of that, I mean, there, there's, there's so many different areas that I'm, I'm passionate about and I'm excited about. Um, you know, I want to continue to have an impact in hockey and whatever, whatever that looks like. Um, it's played such a huge role in my life and it's so important to me from a youth level, from a professional level, um, on the women's side, on the men's side, just to keep being involved in and, and growing the game. And like I said, having an impact. Um, I think, you know, with that being said, hockey's given me a platform to be able to advocate for um, underrepresented groups and to continue to push the boundaries of where we are as a society today and in all different industries, obviously, again, you know, sports being the closest to my heart. So 
Um, you know, we talked about the player inclusion committee with the NHL and um, excited to continue the work there. And, um, and then obviously, you know, excited about the, the job and the importance of being a mom. Um, and that's, that's certainly not to be overlooked. And like I mentioned, something I've learned a lot about um, and, you know, the challenges and, and um, all the new things ahead that come with that. So a lot to think about, um, a lot that I want to do and be involved in, um, and certainly just taking my time to iron out exactly what that looks like right now. So if Jordan wants to play hockey one day, <laughs> fully support him being a hockey player? Absolutely. I mean, fully, <laughs> we'll fully support him doing whatever he wants, but um, yeah, may get the skates on him sooner rather than later. <laughs> well, we talked, um, uh, just to wrap it up, we talked a lot about this internally when we asked, uh, before we asked you to, to join us today, and thank you for doing that. Um, we've been engaged uh, over the last couple of years with uh, the folks involved in uh, the Willie O'Ree story and, and his, um, his film, and obviously you talked about hockey giving you the platform, and so um, just like him in many other respects, and I don't think, you know, it'll be, in, it'll be felt now, but it will be felt in the future, your impact on the game, um, not just for women, but across the board. And, um, and again, that was important to us. That's why we wanted to have you on today is to talk about those things. And also because it's exciting to figure out what's next and hopefully we can be part of that. But I know there's a lot of different other folks that are going to be calling, emailing, banging down your door and your agent board for what's next. So Megan, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And, um, you know, I appreciate the conversation and, uh, and the great questions. So look forward to staying in touch. Thanks, Megan. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.